Welcome to University of Iowa Insights, a monthly audio magazine featuring interviews with some of the world's leading thinkers, researchers, and teachers. In the November edition of our podcast, Ann Kapler talks with Associate Professor of Art Education, Rachel Marie Crane Williams, about how she uses art classes to inspire incarcerated women and teens. Next, Jennifer Brown speaks with Pam Hugewerf of University of Iowa Children's Hospital about the Safety Store, a hospital resource that offers low-cost child safety products and guidance on how to use them. And Paul Hanley, Associate Professor of Urban and Regional Planning, talks with John Reel about his graduate students who bring sustainability to small-town Iowa through an educational outreach project. My name is Rachel Williams. I'm an Associate Professor of Art Education. I work with pre-service teachers at the University of Iowa, and my area of research is women who are incarcerated and their art making. How did you choose this specialty? Um, I actually didn't choose the field. I just sort of bumbled into it, which is, I think, how most people fall into what it is they do. When I was in graduate school, I had a semester sort of lag in terms of teaching between finishing my MFA and starting my PhD. And I knew that I wanted to do something with that time. One of my professors also worked for the Department of Corrections, and I said, well, I'd like to volunteer in the prison. And she said, well, that'd be great. And I said, well, what, what should I do? And I thought I would teach reading or, you know, I don't know. So I don't know what I thought I'd do. And she said, well, you could teach art. And I thought, really? She said, oh, yes. And I said, okay, great. And I said, well, you know, what kind of supplies do you have? And she said, well, we don't have any supplies. And I said, well, do you have a budget? Oh, no, there's no budget. So, you know, I just literally went around to all my friends who are artists and said, you know, you're a generous person. You're not using those paints. Can I have those? And so um, that's kind of how I got into it. And I uh, started and I meant to go in for six weeks and I ended up working there for three years. What kinds of art programs do you bring to prisons and juvenile homes? I mostly work in the visual arts, but I've also worked uh, to teach creative writing and also um, as sort of a support person for various theater programs. How do incarcerated women benefit from these art programs? I think there's a couple things. I think one of the most important things is creating a space within the prison environment where they feel safe and where they can, to some degree, let down their guard and um, rethink who they are. The other thing that happens in the art room is women build confidence. Many of the women come and, and they're afraid to take a class. They've only had more or less negative interactions with teachers in their lives and so they're very closed and I think um, when they experience success in the art room and research has played this out they are willing to try another educational experience. What are the benefits to the wider community? This is a great question this is the question I always answer I say to people um, over 80 I think it may even be as high as 89 percent of people who go into prison get out again and so when you ask yourself okay when this person comes back to my community, what do I want them to be like, right? You don't want them to be bitter. You don't want them to be less than human. And you want them to have had some time to really reflect and rethink how they're going to live their life. And so I think the arts are one way to do that. What kind of things are you doing to bring these types of programs to more institutions across Iowa? 
This year, I'm hoping to start a group of uh, women through the Women's Resource Action Center who would be teaching um, in pairs at different places across Iowa that would be considered alternative settings of learning. And those would be homeless shelters, shelters for domestic violence, um, the juvenile home, youth shelters, and the Iowa Women's Prison. And what we're hoping to call our program is We Can, which is the Women's Educational Cooperative Arts Network. And we would be working not only with the University of Iowa, but with community members in Iowa City and the Cedar Rapids area through the Women's Resource Action Center. If you'd like to learn more about community art at the University of Iowa, visit www.uiowa.edu and search for Art Education under the A to Z listings. From buying and fitting the first car seat, to baby-proofing the home, to a child's first bike helmet, choosing the products that will keep children safe is a major preoccupation of parents and caregivers. University of Iowa Children's Hospital has established a new resource that can help. It's called the Safety Store, and today I'm talking to Pam Hugerworth, Community Services Coordinator for Patient and Family-Centered Services at UI Children's Hospital and Director of the Safety Store. Pam, what is the Safety Store? The Safety Store is a new retail component of the Children's Hospital, and we provide low-cost injury prevention products for children along with the educational component on how to use these products uh, properly in their home and outside their home. What sort of products can be purchased at the Safety Store? Our products are broken down by category in our store, and so the first category we look at is those that are relating to child-proofing a home. And so things that you want to keep kids out of um, as far as cabinets or drawers, toilets to prevent accidental drowning. The second category is related to transportation, and that is where we have a good variety of car seats and booster seats, and also bike helmets would be found under our transportation category. The third category is related to uh, medical alert and child tracking devices. Our final category is the safe escape category, and that's related to adaptable products, and uh, especially when it comes to emergency and evacuation preparedness. So for a child who has some sort of mobility issue, um, maybe wheelchair bound, we have some products to help families get these kids out of an area quickly um, in some sort of an emergency. And then we also have um, products related to sensory impaired children. We carry some smoke detectors for those children that are hearing impaired. Are the prices at the safety store similar to those you find in other retail sites? Our goal for the safety store is to provide these items as low cost as possible. So I would tell you that probably 99% of our items you can purchase through us cheaper than you can in a retail store. Where is the safety store located? We have a retail movable cart that appears in high trafficked areas around the Children's Hospital to serve families. We also strongly encourage families to call and make appointments as the cart is housed in my office and we are always available for families um, by appointments to come up and learn about our products. Other than coming to the store, are there ways parents can find out what's available and make purchases? We certainly have a website that is up and running, and we have a PDF of our catalog, so families can go in and look and see what products we, we carry, along with the prices for the products. My name is Paul Hanley. 
and I'm a, an associate professor in urban and regional planning at the University of Iowa. Paul, since 1986, the Urban and Regional Planning Graduate Program has offered a field problems and planning course. How is this class consistent with the program's commitment to sustainability? This is the first year where the field problems are, are concentrating all on sustainability, and it's a, a continuation of a proposal that the faculty put together on a sustainability initiative focusing on, on Iowa. How many graduate students are in the year-long class, and what are their roles in bringing sustainability to the Iowa towns of Anamosa, Columbus Junction, Decorah, and Wellman? Yeah, we have 28 students in the field problems class this year, and their role is to actually propose a sustainability plan, uh, create an action plan from that, and carry it out in each one of these communities. What specific sustainability issues will be addressed by the students in the four towns? Well, each of the towns have, have a different focus for sustainability. For example, Anamosa. Anamosa is interested in a sustainable economic uh, development plan, one that will encourage or, or even enhance the current downtown situation in Anamosa. The Columbus Junction is looking for more of a community development outreach uh, that is bringing sustainability and involving their citizens more than they have in the past. Uh, Decorah is interested in a sustainability plan that is focusing on energy. Uh, how, how can they continue to grow as a community and also do it in a responsible, sustainable way? And Wellman, Wellman is an interesting group because um, they're looking for growth in Wellman, but also under the direction of a sustainability. How have past students' work benefited Iowa Towns? Well, in the past, um, our, our students produced plans, living documents. Uh, for example, uh, one community that did a trails plan for the city of Fairfield. Uh, in the last three years since that's been done, each year the city of Fairfield has been able to obtain grants based on that plan or, or the productions of that plan. Uh, same thing with, with Guttenberg. Uh, last, last year, one of the student groups did a safe routes to school plan for the city of Guttenberg, and since then, they've been able to apply and receive grants to implement that. To learn more about urban and regional planning, visit www.urban.uiowa.edu. This podcast was produced by the University of Iowa Office of University Relations. For more information on our podcasts or to subscribe, visit us at news.uiowa.edu.